I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The twelfth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Romans, from which we heard verses 16 to 21 today, begins with this appeal to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. The healing of the centurion's servant is a lesson that it is Christ who heals us and then makes us acceptable to God. The offering up of our bodies as a living sacrifice as our spiritual worship is something that hopefully happens every day as we use our bodies to pray, to worship, to do deeds of charity, works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy as well. We recognize in them the goodness of the creation of God, but in and of itself, not innocent, but stained, in fact, stricken with original sin. And so we see in God's grace the ability for our ordinary things to be sanctified and to be an acceptable sacrifice to God. Last week, you heard me tell the story of my, one of my dear favorite monks, Pater Alban, who became a monk at age 70, ordained a priest at age 75, finally realizing the grace that God had given him to desire the celibate life and to serve God as a monk and as a priest, thwarted at first by being conscripted in the German army, and then after his caustic letter to Adolf Hitler, after having been committed to the insane asylum for several years, his suffering was sanctifying. And the fulfillment of this sacrifice at the end of his life wasn't just simply an act of self-fulfillment, but the completion of rendering back to God what belongs to God, offering up as an acceptable sacrifice his body, his living body. Yesterday, the church in both calendars celebrated the great sacrifice of the young body of St. Agnes, the martyr. Born in 291, martyred in the year 304. Many saints of the 4th and 5th century tell her story. And consistent and most mesmerizing of all of it was that this young person wasn't filled with rage or defiance, but evoked sympathy from the people because of her serenity, her peacefulness. She said simply, Christ made my soul beautiful with the jewels of grace and virtue. I belong to him whom the angels serve. A simple statement of fact, not filled with passion and enthusiasm. Like the centurion, he wasn't just 
caught up in the heat of the moment, he, he understood simply and serenely. Those who have authority have their orders carried out. You have authority, your authorities will be carried out. And so to, to offer up our lives as an acceptable sacrifice isn't simply a matter of ginning up enough enthusiasm to do it and to maintain that. But it's our lives having been changed to the core by our Lord and Savior, our knowing it, and our responding to his deep and abiding love. To be able to say, I belong to him and to his church no matter what, isn't reserved for people who have read a lot of books or people of great age and experience. It's true of any believer who understands what God has done for them, who begins to realize how much God loves them. And so, moved by our Savior, our lives then aren't just uniquely dedicated to Him personally because He's the only good person. He's the only person who truly loves us. He's the only person whom we can trust. Rather, it means then that we love everyone. We love the church. We belong to the church inextricably. And so this letter to the Romans continues... For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another." Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil, hold, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And it continues where our epistle began today. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. 
For by so doing you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Those who live this life aren't following a long, complicated prescription and, and out of fear, following these commands and trying to make a, a, a project that they accomplish to be able to give back to God. It's not something that's done with, um, with contempt for the world, and we're going to do something very different. Rather, it's lived out successfully by those souls who simply, as St. Agnes said it, belong to Jesus. This isn't, this isn't filled with rage against the world. This isn't filled with fear as though we're afraid of being overcome by it. It's just a simple matter of fact. I belong to him, period. Fifty years before her martyrdom, Pope St. Fabian offered up his life as a living and acceptable sacrifice to God. Notice that his name isn't mentioned in the canon, but St. Agnes is. Now, if the canon were developed later, maybe it would have seemed a bigger deal to have a canonized pope. But what the world, what the Church of Rome saw as needing to be recognized and celebrated always was that it was a young person who did this. It's an innocence that this pledge happens. It's, it's with joy that God is, is pleased with this sacrifice. And so we ask the Lord to purify our hearts, truly to fill us with his love, to give us the wisdom to, to recognize his love. to be absolute and simple in serenely pledging ourselves to him and his church indelibly for the rest of our lives, knowing that it means loving him and suffering for him and loving all of his members, loving all those for whom he offered his life. And so once more, hear the words of St. Agnes. Maybe repeat them to yourself quietly. Christ made my soul beautiful with the jewels of grace and virtue. I belong to him whom the angels serve. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.